Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, the very first playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Season one is republishing the long-lost first episodes of the show from back in 2007. And season two begins the new episodes. Now, a few things have changed since 2007, like the website. For more information about Theatrically Speaking or my other podcasts, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com. Next, back in 2007, you could number your episodes however you like, and I did this very creative numbering system that included episodes 4.1, 4.15, 4.2, and no actual episode 4. The numbering that the episodes have in your feed is the order that you should listen to them. So, welcome in to the Theatrically Speaking Wayback Machine. It's time to talk some plays. I hate movies, I don't watch TV, I can't read books, and I don't take kids to the zoo. Video games are gonna rot your brain, and all these internets are for idiots. But I love you, baby, dear, but you ain't no Shakespeare. Try to make me to be high class, and I would David Bammon on your ass. Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, almost a playwriting podcast again. This is episode 7.1. My name is Jonah Knight. I put this thing together and throw it out there for you. Thank you for coming back. It's been a week, two weeks, and then a little bit sporadic there. And the reason why, uh, I'm going to get to in just a moment. Uh, There are a couple of things I'm going to do here today. Uh, The subject of 7.1 is going to be... Uh, playwrights that hold more than one position in the production of their play and how you balance the two roles. So we're going to look at playwright actors, playwright directors. I'm going to give you a couple of updates of some stuff that we talked about before and read a couple of emails here. Um, First, I do want to uh, say this actually kind of a cool thing that I found out the other day, and they they just make your day. They really do. My play, Not So Soft, that I mentioned before, has been picked up for another production uh, this upcoming November, November, uh, the weekend of the 9th, 10th or so. It is being included in a a festival from the Sandy Spring Theater Group here in Maryland. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Second second full production of that play. Thanks very much, Sandy Spring. Uh, If you are interested, I know that I have mentioned that in the past that I am the artistic director of the New Playhouse, and I don't think I've ever actually said, you can check that out at newplayhouse.org. Uh, org because we're officially a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so we can use org. Uh, you can go there, and actually, you might want to go there just to check out the poster art for On Island. Uh, that's kind of cool. There's some bios there for the cast and crew. Uh, if you're interested, I know that this is actually an international audience, so I'm not expecting that all of you guys come to Maryland to check it out. But hey, you know, if you're if you're not that far away, you know, what are you gonna do? You might come by and say hello. All right. Uh, I tried to do a thing a couple episodes ago by doing like a um, cool link of the week or something like that. And um, uh, I don't know about of the week, but of this show, I'm gonna recommend to you an interesting website called. Uh, I don't know. I'm actually gonna tell you what it is instead of making you come to the blog because who knows when I'll do that again. Uh, but dub 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 property room 
Room.com. Propertyroom.com is actually interesting, totally not writing related at all. I just throw this out there. It's an interesting thing uh, because what they do, they, you know, there are police auctions all over the place where they uh, sell off all the confiscated things from drug dealers and criminals and all this kind of stuff. Propertyroom.com is a national, it's like an eBay kind of thing, but it is um, it is all of those police auction sales online. So if you're interested in a bicycle, they got you some bicycles there, let me tell you. Uh, you may want to check that out if you're into online auctions, and if not, you know, uh, it's kind of a cool thing. You always hear stories about people getting a car for like 30 bucks or something, and all it does is have blood stains all over the seats. I can live with that. You can live with that, too. Go to propertyroom.com. Check that out. That'll be fun. All right. I'm now going to read uh, two emails that I've gotten recently. Hang on one second while I pick up my laptop. Because I will now hold it in front of me as I read this. Only a mild, awkward stretch. Okay. First email from Joseph. How you doing? Um... Here's, here's his email. I will read this to you. Jonah, I love the tech episodes. They really made me think about the limitations and possibilities of putting a story on the stage. I've been reading more plays, so I think that really helps. Still not sure I'm confident enough to do a stage play yet. It also got me to think far more clearly about what is going on in the background of my other works. Um, what did you think of Spirits? Joseph, um, what do you think? What I think of spirits, uh, and that's going to be an email, of course. Uh, and I emailed you that I was going to email you about it, um, Joseph, uh, whom uh, I've uh, mentioned before because of his uh, his uh, previous contacts to me, um, is primarily a comic book writer, thinking about writing plays. Uh, well, the first thing, Joseph, my I'm glad that you like the shows, but absolutely do not just because there's a lot that you have to think about when you're writing a play. Don't let that put you off at all. Um, jump right in. And again, going back to Jonah's rule of how the six first plays that you write are going to suck, um, just start writing. Start writing. One of the reasons why the first six plays are going to suck is because we don't have a handle on how to really incorporate tech. Um, and you're going to mess it up, and you're going to mess it up a couple of times. Again, short plays, write some short plays. They're going to suck. Um, and get them out of the way. And then show them to like some theater people, and they'll be like, no, this sucks because of this. And they're like, oh. And then your next play won't do it. Cool. Um, and it's also very cool, um, thinking about how you write comic books, about what's going on in the background of scenes in other mediums. Yeah, because uh, comic books definitely have stuff going on in the background. I mean, all mediums do. Um, we may not think about it a lot, but yeah, definitely, definitely very cool. Um, again, just jump right in, man. Just just start writing something. Uh, stop, stop, you know. Uh, no reason to delay it. No reason to delay it at all. Get yourself a crazy idea and put it out there. Um, all right. Next email is from Trey. Trey, I've mentioned before, is one of the hosts of um, Brass Ring Writings Podcast. You can uh, check out their website. You can check out their podcast up on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Um, and uh, Trey's email to me says... WTF, man. WTF? What does that mean? Uh, was checking out your blog tonight and realized you had a birthday recently. Yes, yes, I did. How can we tell you happy birthday when you hide it and tell us about it after the fact, you modest bastard? I am. I am actually modest. And let me tell you something, Trey, as I interrupt your email. It is very difficult to be this modest because I know how cool I am. 
Anyway, I uh, hope all was well on your birthday. Lily, the girlfriend, also had a birthday last month, and I don't know about you, but in our house we call it birthday Hanukkah or seven days of birthday celebration. Anyway, happy belated birthday, Jonah. Hope all is well. Of course, the rest of us now understand why you missed a week last month, you and your damn PS3. It's now Thursday, and no cast, you teased, you're killing me, Smalls. You get the golden egg if you catch the reference. Have a great week. Can't wait to hear your next podcast. Send the missus my love, Trey. Thanks, Trey. A um, couple of things I wanted to top uh, here. Uh, birthday Hanukkah, seven days of birthday. This year, actually, um, was my super birthday. I declared it, I called it before anyone else did, and I had super birthday this year, which is one of the reasons that I could actually get away with um, buying a PS3. For more information on my PS3 experience, it is over on the blog. Jonathanofthesea.com, click on blog and look under PS3. There you go. You're killing me, Smalls. You get the golden egg. If you catch the reference, that would be the Sandlot, I do believe. I do believe uh, you owe me a golden egg, Trey. All right. Um, next episode. Wait, hold on. Let me put the laptop down. I do have to correct one egregious error in your assumptions there, Trey. Assuming that the reason I have not been putting out shows because I got a PS3. No, I do have self-control. I promise you that. Here's the big thing, then. Uh, I've missed a couple of episodes because we are in full rehearsal now for On Island. Uh, And this is going to go into our topic very nicely because uh, today's topic is uh, wearing more than one hat in the rehearsal process. Uh, What I've been up to, and and I've kind of held off on telling you guys a little bit about this, but I'm going to do it here. This is the show for all that. Just kind of um, keeping back information so I can give out more of it all at one time. Here's what's going on with On Island. It's going on uh, quite well. I am actually, we are in the second week of rehearsals, and I am actually pretty happy with where they're going. And, um, but if all that I had to worry about with these rehearsals was being a playwright, no problem. I'd be able to do these podcasts, absolutely. Let me tell you what else I am doing for this show. First thing, I'm not directing. Jessica Lefko, who I've mentioned before, is directing this production. She's a fine director. I'm happy to be working with her, and I think she brings a lot to the table. Um, but I am, and this may surprise you after the last episode, I am actually acting in this one. Now, I have mentioned previously that I am not necessarily the most well-rounded actor you may find, and that is absolutely true. I do not go back on that. I am also not acting in my own play as a kind of an ego trip thing, I think. I will not examine that thought. But uh, I am doing it because, uh, again, there are some roles that I can do pretty well. I am not the lead in this play. I am a secondary character, uh, and I enjoy the character that I'm playing. And, uh, well, the lead is actually a woman, but if I were a woman, I would still not do that role because that's a damn hard role. Erica Jarecki, who is playing Andy in uh, On Island, is actually doing a very fine job thus far. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that she is doing that and not I were I a woman. Anyway, so I'm acting. I'm going to these rehearsals. That is one of the reasons why I've not been um, doing the shows. The second is that I am also the primary set builder on this show, Uh, working together with Jessica to develop the set plans and all that sort of thing. Today, actually, the reason, and that may be Watson that you hear. I don't know what his problem is. It's hot. He's hot. He's a hot dog, and I'm hot, too. Had to turn the air conditioner off for this thing. Anyway, um, 
Um, what? Yes, today. Today, Wednesday, I had the day off work because for some reason I have Wednesdays off work. And I spent the whole day building the set. Um, so, uh, and then I got home tonight. Uh, Lisa and I were, um, you know, doing house things. And she said, did you do a podcast today? I said, no, I was out building the set. She said, well, I'll go to bed. You go do a podcast. So I'm throwing this thing together just because I really do have to get one of these up there. Um, to solidify it to you guys, I'm also going to say that this is probably going to be, uh, I am probably going to miss the next two weeks or so as well, just because uh, the crunch is going to get a little harsher, but um, but I did want to actually put this up there and talk about it a little bit. So, okay, into the main subject of the day. Playwright slash actor, playwright slash director. Let's start with uh, director slash playwright. Let's say that uh, you are the writer of a show. And someone comes to you and says, would you like to direct your show? How is that different than if you are just directing a play, one that you've not written? How, of course, it's very different if you were a playwright and you weren't even thinking about directing your own play. But here's, uh, I, I have a couple of thoughts on some things that are fairly unique to this uh, dual uh, dual role that you're playing as director slash playwright. I've done this a little bit. I've not done it with one of my full lengths, though... I have done it with uh, a handful of my short plays, primarily because, be, and, and my position's a little bit different than a lot of folks, because I'm also the producer of a small theater company, and I, and I've said before, I have occasion to just throw plays out there. Uh, we are sometimes contacted by local community organizations, and they'll say, hey, can we do some kind of weird partnership thing and bring a short play? And it's always easiest for me to grab one of my own plays because then I don't have to worry about royalties and I don't have to worry about that. So I have done a number of my own plays. Um, um, but, but here's the, so here's the thing, and I've talked about this before. If it's at all, the, when we think about, when we think about successful playwrights who are also directors, and let's uh, just to throw a couple of them out there, um, We've got Tom Stoppard, we've got uh, Tony Kushner, we've got Susan Laurie Parks, we've got uh, Alan Akeborn. There are a large number of people out there, David Mamet, uh, most of the biggies um, have, have before directed their own plays. Now, the thing to keep in mind with that is that, well, well what happens is that uh, new folks... Uh, those of us at the beginnings or mid-ranges of our careers might say, okay, it's been done. There is precedent established. And some of these guys are pretty well known. They're doing pretty well for themselves out there. Why can't I do that too? And here's what I would caution you to do if you're a playwright thinking about directing your own play. Just about every playwright who has also directed their own work has been trained to a good extent, as a director. Uh, in my own case, all of my undergraduate theater classes were in either playwriting or directing. Never had an acting class, never had a designing class, all production stuff, directing and playwriting. So I have that, so me personally have that foundation as a director uh, separate from that as a playwright. And you look at a lot of these other folks, like Tony Kushner, I want to say that he was like, ah, I want to say he was MFA. I'm not going to guess. I want to. I know that he's done 
Uh, he did significant directing before Angels came up. I know that is true with most of these folks. And then when you're David Mamet and you're primarily a playwright, but then you've been around your productions for years and years and years and years, eventually you're going to start directing, even if that's not something that you initially could do or initially had a background in. So I would say just because you wrote the play does not qualify you to direct it. And I've gotten a little bit snotty about this kind of thing in the past, like when I talked about sound design or lighting design. If we have not been trained as a lighting designer, what gives us the right to design um, lights in our script? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, So there's that. But let's say that you do have your background in directing and you have some experience as a writer and you're and you've been put in a position where you're going to direct your own play and actually my primary advice with this is is just about the same thing um that it is for actors slash um playwright uh but there are a couple of different uh things that are affecting both of these two jobs but the primary thing there is you need ahead of time to establish a relationship with your cast and crew that differentiates these two hats that you are wearing. You need to, as a playwright, be able to say, this conversation is based on the idea that I am, a, I am the writer of this play. But this conversation, I am the director. And sometimes the director needs to be, uh, needs to be very aware of potential weaknesses in a script, especially if it's something new. Um, uh, and I've tried it personally not to direct the first production of my plays. And I, I've done it before, uh, with the shorter ones, but the reasons I haven't directed any of my full lengths or, um, not so soft, which is a, a, a good sized one, uh, one act is because I want other people to do them first because I, as a playwright want to experience that as a writer, uh, to see if what I have written down is what this director sees when they read the script. Yeah. So so whenever possible, I would say get someone else to do it and then learn from what they are seeing in your next draft. Because after your first production, you're going to do another draft, hopefully. Um, but that's... So that's the main thing there, is that you have to be very aware that there are going to be designers and there are going to be actors that are talking to you as the director... And they're going to say something about the script, or maybe they're going to have problems with the script. And just because you wrote it um, doesn't mean that you can ignore that. You know, we can't assume that the play is finished. The plays, plays are never finished. Um, and we can't have, we can't bring any baggage to that. And I think that the danger with a lot of directors slash playwrights is that they will bring um, playwright baggage or a playwright sensibility to the directing of their own play. And again, unless there is significant experience there, they may, they may find themselves in a position where they are not, where they are putting the playwright half of their brain to a disservice because they can't then independently see the production to make changes and to make improvements. So, um, so I would say, if you're both, if you are an actor and a director, then try as much as possible initially to be just the playwright, just the director. Um, or if you're going to direct your own stuff, don't direct the premiere. Um, 
at least not until you really are good at it. And I, and I shouldn't, uh, and I, maybe the, the subtext there is that I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you aren't that good at it, but I know that's not true. Um, but just, just sort of file that away that there is a difference. There is a pretty big difference there. Um, the, and the thing with, um, with being an actor and I'm running into this a little bit now with on Island, Jessica and I had a conversation up front since I was going to be actor and director in this play that, uh, and also the producer, um, that the initial read through with the cast, uh, was sort of, there was going to be an opening at the end where all the actors could talk to me as the playwright and they could ask me questions about the script. They could ask me about motivations. They could wonder if there were typos or if maybe an idea wasn't developed. And we had that conversation and, and that was it. Not, not since that first read through has anyone in the cast talked to me as the writer. They've all talked to me as another actor in the play. And that is exactly as it should be. Um, I don't remember if I told you this story. It's not quite the same, but I mean, the main danger there is that you, you want to avoid creating a situation where the actors don't know who they're reporting to, and they must always be reporting to the director. It doesn't matter if you're the playwright. If you're the playwright and you're in rehearsal, you need to shut the hell up. And you need to sit there and you need to listen. And when everyone is done, you go and you have a one-on-one conversation with your director. You don't interrupt. Uh, you know, you've seen this stuff before, maybe in plays, maybe in movies or TV. As the playwright, you do not interrupt the director. Do not jump in in rehearsal correcting ideas or rearranging things. That's not your job. That's not your job. That's not my job. Um, uh, I, I may have mentioned this story a long while ago about Playboy of the Western World when I was an undergrad and I was the ASM of, uh, of Playboy of the Western World and there were a couple of odd things going on there um, in the dynamic but uh, and one of them was that as an undergrad I had just actually directed a pretty well-received student uh, 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 one act in the student one act festival. So a lot of the students who were already comfortable with me were addressing me as their, um, as their friend and as someone that they, they trusted the eye of, I guess, even though I was the ASM and ASM is like nowhere on the pecking order, uh, below the pecking order. And in, and unfortunately, the director for that production was a guest director, so it wasn't even a regular professor at the school. It was someone that was brought in. The student actors didn't know this person. He was kind of standoffish, kind of silent a lot of the time. And they came to me, and they started asking things. And, and you know, what the hell? I'll answer your question. I don't know. Um, unfortunately, of course, I shouldn't have done that. It created a very unfortunate problem Um in in a couple of uh, the rehearsals, which we ended up getting fixed, at, fixed, uh, smoothed out. The production was fine. It was actually a pretty fun production, actually. Um, but you want to avoid that as much as possible. You don't want an actor coming to you instead of the director. They have to go to the director. The goal, the goal, the absolute goal, get it done. Get the show done. Get it good. Don't get in the way of that. None of us should get in the way of that. We gotta. We have to know when it is our turn to talk and when it is our turn to get out of the way and let other people do the work. We are writing plays because we want to put other people to work. <laughs> we don't want to do everything. We want other people to bring their brilliance and their uh, perceptions and that sort of thing to our ideas and to create something even bigger. Okay, 
So that was, um, that's basically what I want to talk about there. But I have this story. I want to end on this story. I love this. This is a great story. So On Island is a, is a play that is set on Martha's Vineyard. We now, so this is a um, rehearsal story. This is great. Um, so um, we live in Maryland. Maryland is is a is not next to Massachusetts. If you are unfamiliar with your uh, uh, East Coast geography, and um, one of the actors in the play is a, a friend of mine named Alice Ann English. Uh, we've worked together on some shows before, and she came to rehearsal yesterday, and threw me off. So I used to live on Martha. I lived on Martha's Vineyard for like two years, some some many years ago. And uh, this play came out of that experience living there and all that. And I still have some friends up there. And she came to rehearsal the other day wearing an Above Ground Records t-shirt. Above Ground Records is independently owned um, music store on the vineyard owned by a friend of mine, a guy named Mike Barnes. And she came in and she was wearing this shirt and it totally threw me off. And I actually, she had uh, like a shirt over it, a button shirt. And uh, so I didn't notice initially and I didn't have a chance to talk to her till after the fact. And I was like, hey, where'd you get that shirt? That's Rough Ground Records. And she said, yeah, I went up there this weekend. And I was like, what do you mean you went up there? She's like, yeah, I got the train and I went up there because I'd never been to Massachusetts, never been to Martha's Vineyard, took the ferry over, spent the night on the island, um, walked around, got a feel for the place and came back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she went in and she met these people that I knew um, and just sort of wandered around, took pictures of things. Um, and came back and now has this whole new perspective on the play. I'll tell you what, it was, it was, it was excellent. It was so cool that she had done that. Um, uh, certainly would have, wouldn't have expected that from anyone. Um, very cool. Very cool. Um, and I think that's really about it. Um, so I do have to say that this is probably the last episode until the show is done. Um, because it's now late. What time is it? It's, um, I don't know. It's 10 something. And, um, you know, normally I try to do it much earlier in the day, try to get it out earlier, but I do want to, I did want to get something up there just to let you guys know that I have not abandoned this to the PS3. I have self-control. I do. I do. And besides, I only have Oblivion right now. And that's like a 300 hour game or something on the PS3. So that'll, that'll last me quite some time. Um, but my priority at this point, get the play done. Watson is now sniffing the recording console, so I got to get this over with. I got to get out of here. Um, he seems a bit antsy this evening. My name is Jonah Knight. You are listening to Theatrically Speaking, Episode 7.1, almost a playwriting podcast. You can look for me on my space and Facebook. You can go to www.jonahofthesea.com. You can look at the blog. You can do whatever you want to do there. I have to do some little updating things on my website there. Something else I got to do. When the show's over, when the show's over, I'll do all kinds of things. You can also look at newplayhouse.org to see uh, the poster for the play. Um, you might also check out ilikesemonsters.com. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Oh, I forgot. I was going to tell you guys this. Y'all know Tina, who um, has written in before. She and her husband, Jeff, have just started their, uh, uh, their own podcast. Uh, not writing related. It is uh, television. It's called Television Zombies. It's up on iTunes right now. Um, I like those guys. You should check them out. Um, 
Uh, so I do recommend that as well for folks that like genre television and good writing on television. That is their goal there to talk about not just rinky dink a but um, but good stuff, good crafting. Uh, and I think that out of good writing comes good television. So I think that there is some relationship there as well. Anyway, that is it. Thank you for listening to the show, and I will talk at you later. I would take